0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Authors' Corner as I guess Frank Fiori is cornering the books and book marketing because first he started a podcast on Western authors, and now he's taken over relaunching my Authors' Corner from 13 years ago. Frank, how are you? I know you're excited about our guest. It's going to be probably really an interesting guest.
1: Well, I'm doing well, Neil. And yes, this uh, Dr. Housewright sounds like a very interesting guest, and we're going to find out more about him. Can do can, uh anyway so welcome Dr house right now can I ask your first question uh is the what are you a doctor of I am
2: a doctor of education uh educational leadership
1: a phd doctor yes okay. yes sir okay.
0: okay so we're in education leadership and then we'll get right into the wrestling because I'm a former teacher okay I have a master's degree in education but that was after wrestling I okay. went back and, and retired from wrestling to be a teacher and then I was an educational advocate and I'm a tutoring business before and I'm relaunching a tutoring business but tell me more about the educational leadership real quick
2: uh so I became a teacher 16 years ago um I've been in education for 16 years I was a sports writer before that my undergrad is journalism um went back to school when the uh newspapers started to fold because of the internet boom and uh, decided to become an educator. So I, I coached and taught for 16 years. I was an assistant principal at uh, School for the Blind uh, for two years. And uh, now I'm just uh, kind of getting back into things and supervising study hall at a high school. So uh, that gives me a chance to write and uh, still you know, do my journalism stuff as well.
0: Oh, wow. So you kind of taking a sabbatical in education for a second?
2: What um, would you call I, I would say, you know, After COVID, uh, teaching became a little more difficult, and uh, I was a middle school teacher, and I think I just kind of got burnt out on middle school kids. They're just a handful. Oh, I know
0: that because I taught middle school too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I love high school, and uh, you know, so being a supervisor of study hall, I'm I'm in the classroom every day with high school kids. I can help them out with whatever they need, but it also gives me a lot of time to write, which is where most of the book was written, was in a classroom while uh, I was supervising study hall.
0: That's, that's fantastic. All right. So Frank, go with the question. What about, I'm going to ask Frank Fiore. Was you ever a pro wrestling fan, Frank, being growing up in New York?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't, but that's what, but I do want to ask uh, Jeremy here and I hope he doesn't get insulted, but you know, the pro wrestling, they uh, sport, how much of that is real and how much of that is acting?
2: I would say, it's it's choreographed so what you see is planned out for the most part but when they take shots with chairs and all that that's real um and of course i appreciate not using the word fake we i tell people we don't use the f word um, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, Frank, I'd have
0: to stretch you if you did that, if you're in the ring with me and I'd show you exactly. Like if somebody tries to say it's fake, when I jump in the ring on Sunday, I can shoot wrestle on these people, these kids that are getting trained now, they think, Hey, i am getting the ring with you. And I ended up in a shoot match in Germany with somebody who literally wouldn't sell for me. That was half the size of me. And I had to take them out and pretty much beat them up in the ring. So, <laughs> yeah, so the word fakes, not yes, choreographed. And and fixed yes scripted scripted is scripted. A good one yes yeah, scripted is a good one too I think that the business has changed in so, so many ways so tell us the name of the book
2: really quickly so, so I, the, show, show sure. us it have sure, the cover yeah right, i see it yeah I actually have one right here uh huh um, for the love of the show pro wrestling fans tell their stories is the name of the book right and, and uh, yeah and so
0: I so why did you write it because how many years you've been a, so you've been a fan forever mm-hmm. uh, what and
2: why did you write it? What made you say this is the book I'm going to write? So, I've been wanting to write a book for a long, long time. And um, after I wrote my dissertation for my doctorate, which was 100 pages, I thought, you know what? I've already pounded out this thing, which was boring and and miserable to go through. Uh, why not do something that I enjoy? And it was either write about the Kansas City Chiefs because they're my favorite football team, um, or pro wrestling. So I I'm fortunate enough to be able to shoot photos for a lot of WWE events here in St. Louis. And even I've went to Las Vegas and New York to shoot shows. And um, in doing that and traveling to WrestleManias and such, I met a bunch of fans who I've become friends with, uh, a select group of people. And we meet up a couple times a year at different shows. And we've just created this bond. We message each other every day about wrestling and talk about different things. And then once or twice a year, we get together at at a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam and hang out. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty cool story that I've met these really cool people, a couple guys from California, a couple guys from Canada. You know, if I've met these people, there's got to be other people out there with really cool stories uh, about how wrestling has affected them. And so I just started kind of putting the word out and searching and, you know, going on the internet and posting, you know, I was looking for people with stories and I found six different, uh, individuals with really cool stories appealed to me. Who were the six that you highlighted? So the first guy I talked to was a gentleman named Justin Deming, who is originally from St. Louis, but now I believe he lives in Connecticut. Um, he, was a huge fan of pro wrestling, so much so that he decided to get an actual replica title belt tattoo around his waist that took two and a half years. Um, So I talked to him about that. I told that story. The second guy I talked to was a gentleman named Kyle Scarborough, who's a tattoo artist from Washington, Missouri. And he actually befriended Bray Wyatt, uh, from WWE, and he actually designed, drew up the concept for a mask that Bray Wyatt debuted a few years back uh, as The Fiend. Uh became probably the best-selling merch that WWE had that year, uh, and while I was writing this, uh, Bray Wyatt passed away, um, which kind of changed the story a little bit, and it was something that I really had to add to it. Um, so then I interviewed another gentleman named Kurt Gannon, who is a indie pro wrestler from Kansas City and just told his story about being a fan and trying to make it into a bigger organization. He was on the cusp of getting signed by NWA and then tore uh, a tendon in his shoulder. So he's basically starting over from scratch right now. And um, so I told his story and then I also talked to a uh, young man named Derek Baker who has a following of 3 million people on social media. Wow. He runs a uh his sister runs Baker Banter and Derek is a 26-year-old guy with down syndrome and he is just a huge, the huge the biggest wrestling fan I've ever met in my life. He goes backstage and meets all the wrestlers, he travels to all the shows with his family and he's become kind of a uh spokesperson for, you know, individuals with handicap Uh, you know, issues. And, you know, it's just a great story to tell. Uh, Another individual in the book was Izzy Moreno. She's a young girl from Florida. And uh, I first came across Izzy listening to a show called Busted Open on Sirius Radio. And uh, Izzy would call in at 10 years old, 12 years old, and have more knowledge of pro wrestling than most people. And uh, she actually got involved in a actual WWE storyline when she was eight years old on a brand called NXT. And she was involved with some wrestlers named Bailey and Sasha Banks. And, uh, you know, Izzy wanted to be a pro wrestler. And now at the age of 16, she has realized that dream. And she has wrestled, I think, in three or four pro matches. Um, so, you know, I told their stories. And I'm, I'm just checking. I didn't leave anybody out here. Uh, <laughs> I um, guess I
0: got to buy the book to, to, to yeah. do that. So, I mean, so yeah. I, I just like, I mean, it's just so great to show the love of pro wrestling. So, you know, What, what, what do you like the old days of pro? I mean, I know you're a little younger than I am. Do you like the old days of pro wrestling better than what's today? Like I see a lot of moves and lot, no storylines anymore as much, meaning in the ring, there's storylines outside the ring, but there's not really a story told in the ring anymore. It's a lot of big moves Mm -hmm. and it, it's weird. I'm going to probably be thinking about that when I step in the ring for a training Sunday, just to work work with some of these guys that they don't know how to tell a story. What do you think's happened? Why do you think that it doesn't work? What do you think it's more about the death defying feats? Or do you think it's more about people's mic work in the
2: business? And what do you like about the old days compared to the new? You know, that's, that's a great question. And I find myself torn. Uh, personally, I, I, Am I am a huge fan of storylines. I am um, a huge fan of you know, getting the audience involved and kind of getting them hooked to where they want to. you have to get them hooked so they'll tune in every week. Um, and the WWE is fantastic at doing that. They have come up with some storylines over the last three years, mainly one called uh, involving a group called the Bloodline. Uh, with roman reigns and the usos and they've they've taken that storyline and drug it out for three years and it's went in so many different directions but yet it comes back to your central character who is roman reigns the champion who's held the belt now for three years which is a rare thing in the business today i mean you talk about old school wrestling back in the day you had you know hulk hogan who held it for three and a half four years and before him um, you know, Ric Flair held titles for a long time. Um, Bruno Bruno Sammartino, um, who I had a chance to meet years ago at an airport, wonderful man. I, uh, he's, he's missed um, to this day. But, you know, that's a guy who sold out Madison Square Garden every time he wrestled there, uh, which is a feat no one has achieved and, and probably never will. Um, so I think, you know, and then you look at an organization like AEW, um, I have issues with them. I, I try to watch them, but their storytelling is very sparse. And when you talk about the high-flying, death-defying moves, a lot of wrestlers today want to do that. And they're it's great to watch. It's great to see. But then it, it, I hearken back to what's the point in doing it? Um, Why are you going to put yourself through a table going off a steel cage if you're not gaining anything from it but getting that wow factor from the audience Mitzi
0: and mick foley did it in a story it made sense he's wrestling Whoa. the undertaker and yes. doing it and it's a hell in a cell against one of the most dangerous men in the world at that time it made sense none of the stuff it makes sense. sense go ahead frank so now i want you to go ahead frank with a couple more questions for for, yeah, what, for Jeremy.
1: What, what do you think draws people to pro wrestling um obviously the action the the uh the competition the fight but there must be something else and what, what what's in such a personality that uh, what are they why do they want to watch the pro wrestling well, why would they want to do that
2: you know i get asked that a lot because my wife can't stand it and she'll tell, me,
1: <laughs> she'll tell me you have a
2: doctorate in education you're very intelligent why are you watching this crap and i say you know it's a, it's a it's a soap opera it's a male soap opera Uh, But now you go to shows, there's as many females in the audience as males. I think it's just the one, you're looking at guys who are the greatest athletes in the world. Um, And then people kind of scoff when I say that, but I'll I'll put any athlete that wrestles in the WWE up against an NFL, NBA, or MLB or hockey player. And I bet that wrestler is a better athlete with the things they can do. And, you know, it's, it's something that, people are drawn to because they're like real life superheroes uh people love to talk about superman and batman well you have a guy like hulk hogan who was my guy growing up um he was he was a superhero for for kids you know train right. say your prayers eat your vitamins it gave us a hero to look up to yes. and i think in today's age people are looking for an out as well a a, a a couple hours a night where they can just forget their bills, forget their problems at work, forget the problems they may have, may have at home, sit in front of the television and invest themselves in this story that, yeah, some of them are very ridiculous. I give it that. And there's yeah. times when I'll turn the channel because I'm like, I I can't watch this. This is, this is like for five-year-olds. Um, but there's a little something for everybody. Totally. You know, if you like great stories – there's something for you. If you like high flying action, there's something for you. If you like love stories, there's some of that for you, you know? So there's a little something that attracts everybody.
0: And you know, the thing I don't understand is what happened to the guys that look like superheroes. I mean, the, the bigger guys are, and maybe it's potentially because the business is so pushed to do so many more death defying feats and you have to be so athletic now, but I think that the missing component of guys that when you walk into, a, um, a, a, let's say, a bar or you walk in, they look like a wrestler. You know, I'm a legitimate 6'10", I'm 280. When I was a wrestler, I was 310, 315 pounds. And I had long hair and I look the part of a wrestler, right? And I will look the part of the wrestler in my comeback. But ultimately, I don't need to be the size I needed to be anymore because the business isn't like that. Yeah, there's some guys really big. But not many, right? You think that right. kind of deludes that now somebody in the crowd could be a superstar? I, I don't know. I th- I think that goes back to maybe how we're seeing superheroes today are well, not as you know, they, they're, they're breakable. What do you What are you thinking of the reason of this whole? Let me give you an example. Um, you know, even CM Punk, what he looked like before to what he ended up looking before, and you're a fa- huge fan. But he took it based on his mic work. If his mic work wasn't as that good, he's not getting pushed that way because he doesn't look larger than life than some of these other stars. Now, I'll I'll talk about specifically somebody like Orange Cassidy or so. None of these guys would have got pushed 20 years ago. They would have got crushed in the ring by someone like me. Is that a good thing for
2: this business? Or do you think we need to go back again to some larger than life people again? I think it's a great thing because, and and I can tell you a a couple reasons why. Uh, When I was in New York for WrestleMania 35 and Kofi Kingston won the title, um, a friend of mine was in tears. And I looked at him and I I said, why are you crying? And he goes, finally, somebody who looks like me has won the heavyweight title. And at first I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Well, years later when Bray Wyatt got popular – I was a huge fan because here's a guy that's overweight. He's got a gut. He looks like a normal guy, but yet he is one of the most popular wrestlers in the company. And he looked like me. I could identify with him. And I think that's what's great about bringing these, I don't want to say normal looking guys, but, you know, guys that you would maybe see on the street like a Brian Danielson, a normal size guy, you know, six foot you know 190 pounds i think
0: you have to have a mix and i think we're running away yeah. from the larger than life some of these other guys and we're we're looking at their work versus wow could you imagine like you know how uh john wick was able to beat up that seven foot five guy um that from the dallas mavericks yeah that mm-hmm. made sense because he, he's he's that dominant but you can't really make it like a movie so that's the the, the, the point i don't know if story or storylines and probably is an easier way to work now than yeah. when I worked, because guess what? I would get the bushwhackers to say, you don't take a bump from this guy. You don't take a bump from this guy. It's got a real real. Now all these guys are taking bumps from small guys. So go yes. figure how stories and life goes. Frank, any other questions? This is just intriguing for sure before we have to let him go.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. It is very intriguing. And uh, i learned a lot about pro wrestling. Uh, what about uh, how, where where the strength Come in. Uh, is it all strength, or is there other other things in being becoming a pro wrestler?
2: Oh, I think you know, in today's a you know in today's wrestling, uh, you you have to have not only strength but agility, flexibility. Uh, you know, and I think there's a lot of mental uh, preparedness. You need to be mentally tough as well because the grind of of the travel and dealing with the fans and putting yourself over you know there's a lot of guys who will stay in character uh you know 24 7 i mean look at a guy like the undertaker who for years nobody would see him anywhere out of character uh now today you'll see him at he'll go to football games he'll go to basketball games and now he just goes by mark calloway and he's like a normal guy but you know and same with hulk hogan it's sometimes and I think today it's still even hard sometimes when you when you see Hulk out. Um, it's hard to decipher. Are you watching Terry Bolea or are you talking to Hulk Hogan? And I think he sometimes forgets which yeah. which he is, oh, if he's playing a character, if he's if he's playing, okay. you know. So um yeah, I think I think there's a lot that goes into it, uh, not just being you know, muscular, because there's a lot of wrestlers who, you know, like the Miz, who's a great, great wrestler. Uh, he's going to be a hall of famer when his career is done, but he's entertaining. You have to have, you have to be able to act. You have to be able to mix. Yeah. yeah, It's got to be a a good mix. And I think so. Uh, where's the best place people can buy your book and learn more about you? Where can they go? So the best place people can find the book is on Amazon. Uh, I also have it on barnesandnoble.com, but right now I'm running a sale on it on Amazon. So that's the best place to get it. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Jeremy. Thank you very much. All right, that
0: was a special summer cast of the Neil Haley show and and uh and the authors corner guys. Take care.